Hey grown-ups, it's Moral Sattar of Barely Bear Reimagined Fairy Tales. If you enjoy the stories, we'd appreciate your support by visiting the Patreon link in the description. Thanks so much and enjoy the stories. The Twelve Dancing Ronnies Long ago in a palace across the sea, the Maharaja and the Maharani had twelve smart, talented daughters. With so many princesses around, the girls always had a friend to play with, sing songs with, and most of all, dance with. These daughters studied very hard and loved to try new things, but their favorite thing to do in the world was to dance to bhangra music. You are beautiful dancers, all of you, their queen mother, the Maharani, said. But dancing comes later. Your homework comes first. But mother, the youngest Rani protested, who needs homework when there are parties to go to with dancing? Bale, bale! And father, another princess cried out, what about the great competition for all of the dancers in the empire? The Maharaja and Her Royal Highness the Maharani looked at each other and frowned. This would never do. Don't look so unhappy, Maharani's. Perhaps you girls could spend a little bit of time dancing, the queen suggested. But the Maharaja shook his head. No, Maharani, my queen. They must study. There will be no parties and no dancing until the school holiday their father cried out. And certainly there will be no competitions. If you have time to practice your dancing, you have time to study. All the princesses looked sad as they trudged off to their enormous room overlooking the terrace and gardens. Upstairs, the Ronnies sank onto their beds and stared miserably wondering how they would ever get to become a famous Bhangra dance troupe if their parents didn't let them perform. And how would they ever be ready for the annual Bhangra competition if they didn't practice? I have an idea, the oldest sister said suddenly, looking quite mischievous. Come here, I'll tell you a secret. The next day, the Maharani knocked on her daughter's bedroom door and was surprised to find them all still asleep. What's this? You're supposed to be getting ready for school, and yet you're still in bed. The sound of twelve snoring sisters was almost loud enough to chase her from the room. But then she happened to look down at where the girl's shoes were all lined up in pairs outside the door. She picked up one bright orange satin slipper that was covered in sparkles and looked at it, confused. With a poke of her fingertip, her hand went right through the shoe. It was worn out. These are brand new shoes, the queen thought, holding the slipper up to look at it more closely. How could they possibly be worn out already? The next morning... The sisters managed to wake up on time and come down to breakfast, but they could hardly keep their eyes open. One of the sisters actually fell asleep, and her face hit her plate with a squishy thud. She sat up and apologized at once. Her roadie stuck to her face. A sister quickly reached over and peeled away the flatbread. My 
girls, are you feeling well? This is the second day in a row you've been tired after a long night's sleep, the Maharaja said, growing worried. We're fine, father, the oldest sister answered before any of her sisters could explain. Come on, girls, it's time for school. When they left for school in the same sleepy state on the third morning, the queen grew very concerned. She sat down to speak with the king at once. Dearest, I am very worried. I can tell that you are too. Our daughters are so tired each morning that they can hardly keep their eyes open. And look at this. She reached into the folds of her sari and pulled out some of the princess's satin slippers, ones that had holes all through them and scuffs along the satin. These were new, and yet they look as though our daughters have hiked through the far mountains in them. Something isn't right, she said, but I cannot figure out what it is. Perhaps they are leaving the palace at night. That would explain why they are so tired each day, the Maharaja said thoughtfully, stroking the whiskers of his beard. I will demand to know the answer at once, the queen shouted, more angry than scared at the thought of her children going out at night alone when no one was aware. No, no, my dear, that will never do. Our precious daughters are good students and very smart. It would be unkind to accuse them of anything without proof but we could set a guard in the hallway to watch their door. If they're going out as we suspect, then we will know for certain before we speak to them. So they agreed. That evening, after supper was finished and their homework was done, the twelve princesses bade their parents good night and danced up the stairs to their room, happier than ever. The Maharaja and his wife exchanged a knowing look, then called for one of the guards. We wish for you to sit in the hallway tonight, keeping a close watch to make sure no one comes or goes from the palace. It's very important that you stay awake and be very alert, the queen explained. Is something wrong, Maharani? Have you heard any news of intruders or an attack? the anxious guard asked, but the queen shook her head. No, but keep your eyes open just in case. The following morning, the Maharaja and his wife crept up to the staircase that led to the princess's chambers, expecting to find the guard bent over his sword asleep. Instead, he jumped up from his chair at the sound of their footsteps, then smiled with relief. Good day to you, your majesties, he said, bowing low and nearly falling over from weariness. His eyes were red from keeping watch all night, just as they'd asked. Are you absolutely certain no one left this hall? The queen demanded, growing angry. She held up yet another worn-out shoe. Then how can you explain this? My queen, I promise you, I don't know. I saw no one all through the night, not even the tiniest of creatures. Go to your rest now, the Maharaja said firmly, for tonight you will keep watch here again. But the following day, it was the same. A tired guard, 
more worn-out slippers, and two very confused, very worried parents. I simply do not understand, the Maharani said, pacing the room while the princesses were at school. The guard promised that no one left the girls' room, but these shoes do not lie. And what's worse, I've had a note from their teacher. They've been falling asleep in class. The teacher is worried about their health, as am I, and their snores are disturbing the entire school. There is nothing to be done but keep watch ourselves, and this time we will stay in their room with them, their father said. Come, we can hide ourselves in their closet before they go to bed. And that's just what they did. After dinner had been eaten and the homework put in their school bags for the following morning, the princesses happily hurried off to bed. Before they reached their room, the Maharaja and the Maharani slipped into the closet and kept the door open a crack, keeping a watchful eye on their girls. To their great surprise, as soon as the candle had been blown out, a glowing light appeared in the floor. The princesses gathered around as the floor opened, and one by one they dropped through a secret door in the floor. Come quick, we must follow them, the Maharaja said, pulling his wife by the hand. They jumped through the magical opening just before it snapped shut, leaving the room in darkness once more. What is this place? the Maharani asked, looking around at the strange world filled with thousands of blooms and twinkling stars in an inky sky overhead. I don't know, but look, there are the girls, he said, pointing to the place where their daughters were running. They followed after them, no longer worried about keeping quiet. Their footsteps were covered by the sounds of musical instruments and cheering crowds of people. It was like a festival, but not one the parents had ever seen before. Suddenly, a crowd broke out into a thunderous, joyful roar. A beautiful woman stepped forward and called out, At last, the dancers you have been waiting for, the Twelve Dancing Ronnies! More cheers rose up as the Maharaja and Maharani watched from the crowd, standing on tiptoe to get a better view. The music swelled, and suddenly, right before their eyes, their daughters stepped forward and began to dance. As they twirled in their long, silk bejeweled lehengas, the ankle-length skirts spun around them. It's amazing! the queen whispered, clinging to her husband's hand. Look at them, dear. They're simply astounding, he agreed in awe, unable to look away as the princesses stepped in time to the music, their satin dresses shimmering in the lamplight. Every night they dance? I feel like the worst sort of fool, their mother said tears of happiness mixing with tears of great sadness. To think I kept them from dancing when they obviously love it so. And the people as well, the Maharaja said, weeping. Look how happy they are, all of them. 
The proud parents watched for what seemed like hours, then slipped away to the staircase that had brought them to this incredible place. The following morning, the Maharaja and his wife exchanged secretive glances at the breakfast table as their daughters tried to stay awake. My girls, their mother said loudly, startling them into sitting up straighter. I have some news for you. Your father and I have decided that you should perform in the upcoming Bhangra competition. All of the people of the empire will be delighted to watch your performance. What? Really? Are you certain? The sisters all began to ask at once, hugging their parents and smiling with joy. You must always put your studies first, of course, their father said. But as I've said, you are smart and talented. I know you will do a fine job. I cannot wait to see you dance. Again, their mother whispered where only her husband could hear. The princesses hurried to school, happier than they had felt in days. Their proud parents watched them go, their hearts overflowing with happiness. The End Thank you for listening to a Barely Bear production.